Hello and welcome back to another fine episode of Black and White Church. Black and White Church, baby. Episode two, we out here. Come uh, on. This is going to be a little different episode than some of our other ones because we're not going to work through our typical format. Um, and that's because, Ryan, we're talking about microaggressions, Ooh. which sounds like a super liberal word. Some of you might listen to it's like, well, I've only heard that in like, you know, woke seminars or, yeah, or things or some like that. Instagram story. But it actually matters. And we're going to talk about it. we'll give you examples. So let's start with the first one. It's the title of this episode. Here we go. Um, Ryan, I have I don't know if I've told you this directly, but I definitely in high school said it to someone else about you. And it's like, Ryan, you're kind of like an Oreo. Oh. Black on the outside, white on the inside. You actually, love it. And you, here's another personal story. I, I'm not going to say too many names because I don't like outing racists on a public spectrum, yeah, although I will that. at times. Yep. But I was on a mission trip, let's say, when I was working with a majority black population, not American. And through talking with them, talking about Jesus, eventually got to baptize a few of the guys um, in the sea. After we were done with that, uh, we came back and our group was meeting, which is mostly white people. And uh, we had one black person on our team and it was mostly white people. And... The guy was talking about, like, he made this joke about Oreos. And I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. Um, and he, he, saw, he called it uh, just like Oreos, you know, black on the outside, but redeemed on the inside, like cream, like the redeemed on the inside. <laughs> and we line them up like Oreos. What? Line them up like Oreos, and we dunk them just like Oreos, just like a baptism. Yo. And the shift. Everyone in the group looked at him and. Obviously, it's most people didn't say anything, um, but the the one black girl on our team was just like, "You got like, why isn't anyone saying anything? This is extremely wrong and racist." But he he didn't understand why. He was actually one of our leaders, um, leading the the team. So that is this exhausting. is a story that I am tired from that. <laughs> I myself has perpetrated, uh, especially when I was younger. Perpetrated, perpetrated is not a word. No, I mean, you peppered, <laughs> you peppered it I, in I peppered, to the seasoning. I peppered that trait. Yeah, you did. Uh, but. Uh, this is something that you've probably heard. I know, especially being in a predominantly white church, being a black black man, this is probably something yep. you've heard a lot. Especially because Ryan, you're a little bit into punk music. Come on, you like wearing some skinny jeans. That's what I do. Um, so you're not really black, Ryan. No, 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 no. You're little Wayne's never worn skinny jeans. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Justin Bieber guitar. has. Oh, right, 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 right. Just yeah. Justin Bieber. So Jimi Ryan Hendrix never even played guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that never even happened. Uh, so when you hear <laughs> And you've been called this, I'm sure, Let's get it. a million yeah. times. Oh, absolutely. You're yeah. like an Oreo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in. probably connected to the other thing. We can talk about all three of these at the same time, where it's kind of, you're like an Oreo. And what that is trying to say is that you don't really act like a black guy, Ryan. Yeah. Or you kind of talk like a white guy. You kind of yeah. you don't, you kind of dress nice for a black guy, Ryan. When you hear those things, how does it hit you? Yeah, so this is something I, growing up in Northeast Mesa, Arizona, uh, I dealt with this pretty much on a weekly basis as a seventh grader. And so I had no other option but to learn how to kind of like intellectualize and try to just bust back. I I never let it just happen. I never just let myself get called those things. I always tried to find a way, even if I stumble with my words, uh, to kind of fight back and help kids understand how like offensive that can be. Uh, Not even help, just like win the moment. Because when you're the only black kid and you got all these white kids who listen to hip hop in Northeast Mesa telling you you're not black, it really does mess with your psyche, dog. Like, it's just so freaking fascinating. So well, I'm blacker than you, Ryan, because yeah, I yeah. listen to Travis Scott. I had Scott. Latter- Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints kids who are typically white out here tell me all the time how much more black they were than me. And then they would they would knock their head back and like kind of put their chin up and like look at me like they were gangster or something. 
and like totally just make an idiot out of themselves in order to try to tell me how black I was or was not. Uh, and so for the Oreo thing, uh, I didn't, I was not the only one who got this. All the other black kids in my class got this as well. Didn't matter how black you were, depending on that day's consensus or feeling from all the other white kids or athletes or whoever was in your class. Um, I would hear that and, and, and they would determine in that moment, your level of blackness, depending upon whatever their filter was, which is basically MTV power 98.3, uh, and, and just hip hop because pimp my ride. Cool. Yeah. Pimp my rod. That's real black, black, you know? And so, uh, it makes me frustrated. Uh, I still have a physical reaction. Um, when I hear kids talking about how black or not black other kids are, or when I hear people go, well, well, you know, they're not really any of that any sort of well they don't really fit my description of what their ethnicity is from any white person it really does uh make me angry and so acting like a black guy is weird uh, to even say because there's nigerians there are black people in britain there's jamaicans there's african americans there's people that are black in france there's mixed race people and so when people say you don't act like a black guy basically what they say is you don't act like the monetized mm-hmm. hip-hop Mm-hmm. specifically marketed sold your soul to the record industry label of what makes money in America black guy or you speak without ebonics or without slang and so then you don't act black and what's funny is in northeast mesa th- we have an average income of $84,000 a year more or less and so it's like why are you trying to even act gangster at all when your parents work at Boeing like g- don't don't even do this and so it's just such a cognitive like maze to me as to why white kids just think they can say that but then also that's what's happened to the black experience in america is that it has just become this prepackaged, monetized you're all monolithic sort of sort of deal and so when i hear you don't really act like a black guy my question is always well if i don't act like a black guy do you as a white person get to tell me how to act black do you know what that means do you hear yourself? And typically that response turns into a, well, uh, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, I don't. And, and that's how you catch it. I've literally had a student um, before, uh, years ago, uh, call me uh, this, this phrase, word for word. Ryan, you act like a, you're a black guy who acts like a cringy white guy acting like a black guy. So I, have, I had a white kid tell me that I was actually fundamentally a white person who was cringy trying to act like a black person that actually is a black person that was the logic and to him that insult made sense Mm -hmm. and it was a very fascinating thing for me to try to walk him through i couldn't really do it because he wasn't listening to me when i started to bust back because that does happen too if you're black and you start arguing you kind of just get written off especially when it's in a sea of white kids um because that group thing just reinforces Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's how I feel about that. Still pisses me off, and I try to just bust back as much as I can. Yeah, well, it it's a weird thing that it's kind of there's multiple layers to this example I'm about to give. But if you've seen the movie Eight Mile with Eminem, um, at the end they have their big rap battles, um, there it is. and he's rapping this black guy that I think is is from the same area as him, and one of his disses, which is like pe- white people love Eight Mile. I had probably 180 Eminem songs on my iPod. It's not because he's white; he's just a good rapper. <laughs> He, he raps about real things, Ryan. White rappers can say they're real rappers, like yeah. Eminem and NF. NF. NF real music. Yeah, that's true. He's real. Post Malone. That's, that's real. That's true. He's Italian, too, so he gets bonus points in my book. He gets nine freaking awards for literally <laughs> being a hip-hop artist. The appropriation is through the roof. Anyway, Done. back to 8 Mile. 
in one of the rap battles, he basically like is dissing the guy, and he says this guy's real name is Clarence, and oh, Clarence man. has really nice parents, and so it's there's multiple layers to this yeah. uh, that there's more than just what we're talking about. But what I internalize as a white kid uh, watching that is like it's a diss to call black guy like like a like a white guy. That's um, the diss, yeah. But in some ways, there's an embedded diss in that that we don't get. That is actually I'm telling them that the black aspect that I'm saying they're not like is actually trash. Because Ryan, you dress nice, you talk nice, you're articulate, you do these cool things. You're you're like a white guy. And so then, what's the black guy you're supposed to be like? Do rag, pants down to your knees. Yeah, inarticulate, can't not talk, doing cool things. violent, angry. Violent, yeah. But we don't ever say that. No. But the assumption is. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. So why 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 is this bad? If someone's saying like, come on, it's just like a silly joke. Like I'm just saying, you act like a white guy, but you're black guy. That's just, it's not a good or bad thing. Yeah. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying you don't act black. You act like white. So this is bad because you're fundamentally trying to define that person's reality. That's what you do when you do that. You say, you are what I'm calling you, not what you actually are. And so when that happens, that creates a psychological uh, dissonance that basically says, I still get to define what I deem is appropriate for your people group. And that comes from a position of power, and that comes from a position of normalcy and Eurocentricity. And so that's why that's bad, is because you're basically telling a human that their way of being human doesn't fit how you think they should be human. Therefore, they are lesser or they're able to be made fun of. Mm -hmm. And that is a very dehumanizing thing. It creates otherness. Well, it's a lose-lose right. because if you act like a black guy, they won't want to be your friend because they're scared of that black guy. Yeah. But then when you start acting like them, you don't get accepted because you're not acting like you. Right. So you're <laughs> never winning as a human you being. You lose in regards and to the situation. something on that too, the code word for being too, quote, black. Because, of course, not only have I been told I'm too white, I've also been told I'm too black. And so the code word for being too black when I was in junior high and in elementary school especially was, Ryan, you're acting like a teenager. Or, Ryan... You're dressing like a teenager. I would wear my older brother's hand-me-downs, or I would try to act like him because he was really cool. And my older brother is kind of gangster. I can't lie. Uh, <laughs> he, he's pretty tight. He he does rap, so that's it. I chose punk rock and worship music to, to be good at, and my older brother raps and, and tries to produce, and, and he's really good at it. But I wanted to be like my older brother because that's what you do. You want to idolize your older brother in some ways. And, and so then kids would be like, I'm uncomfortable because you're acting too much like a teenager or acting... Uh, uh, or you're dressing like one. And that was just code word for, oh, you're being culturally not white normative for me and I feel uncomfortable. And so now that's what I'm going to tell you in order to either put you back into a box to where I feel comfortable. It was always, again, this is always about what is this white person feeling comfortable with? And that's where these aggressions are coming from. It's it's very weird. Yeah. Well, and it, it often gets missed by white people because it's, I mean, by definition, a microaggression is not a macroaggression. So you're yeah. not calling anyone the N-word. Yeah. You're not threatening to kill them or punch them or beat them. You're not saying you hate them. But it's you're... Small paper cuts. Yeah, you're still doing again. an othering yeah. action. It's still making them feel like they're not a part of this group because not only did you say they're not a part of the white group because they're black, mm -hmm. but you're also saying they're not a part of their black group either. So you basically put them on an island. Yep. And you also put them at like, I'm the dictator of your reality. I decide if Ryan is meeting the criteria of whiteness or I decide what blackness is to him. I decide how he should act. When he's acting out of line, I confront him and critique him. Um, and Ryan, amongst all pastors I know, is probably criticized more for his behavior and actions than any other pastor I've ever known. 
And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's probably because there's some microaggressions there. Yeah, I would say so too. And so then you have to get a thick skin and you got to make it happen. Yeah. Desensitized. Basically, Desensitized. Repressed. So I think uh, the reason we're talking about this in black and white church is because these aren't things that are just happening at school. I met Ryan through youth group and said these things about Ryan at youth group. Yeah. <laughs> these Cole are happening in our in churches. In high school group. Uh, this is the fundamentals. So when you're doing this to someone, if you can't see how this is so contrary to the way of Jesus or so counter to being an inclusive, loving, welcoming environment, then you need to check what that even means to you or even check what even following Jesus means or what that means for your relationships with others. Because, again, when you're in a white church and it's 98% white, there is only one black guy there, so you can say whatever you want to him, and he has no backup. None. Uh, so he's just forced to take it if he wants to stay. Or why do you think it's 98% white? Because you do that to black people or minorities, and they leave. And they leave. Because why would you want to put up with that? You don't. Um, you don't want to. Luckily, I, you know, I, I have people here that understand this, that empathize, that uh, I think in some ways get it. And yet, for those of you who are listening, especially you, um, I want to say millennial. I want to say black millennials. But then I also know that there's more than just black millennials. But I find a lot of black millennials and black Gen Z kids uh, in mainly white churches trying to do the crossover, you know, get that Maverick City going. And it, it, you have to understand that this is a is a reality that you don't want to step on the toes of and, and you want to actually start to to correct because the truth is if you're living in white normativity and you are white and you have uh black kids around or, or black people attending your church don't do this to them just don't do it to them uh please because it really does create so many layers of identity issues to work through which not everybody chooses to work through not yeah. everybody chooses to take that journey um and we want to be uh, helpful in that journey. And this is mostly just the black male experience. Um, since yeah. we are two men, we don't want to speak too much into black women's experience, but black women have a whole other gauntlet, gauntlet of microaggressions about being the sassy, angry black woman. Uh, just having curly hair. Exactly. Is already like negative, negative or eroticized or exoticized. Wow. You look so exotic. Yeah. Oh, can I touch it? How does it do that? Yeah. Don't stop. We're not sheep. Yeah. Please stop well, petting my head. Well, I just want to touch your hair, Ryan. Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, it just makes me feel like a freaking piece of cattle. <laughs> Come on, man. That's so weird. That's so. There's like there's a connection in American history with white people and black people viewing them as cattle. It uh, almost is like, like they have just kept happening. I don't know how that was happened. I don't. It's so weird how that happens. Anyway, yeah, crazy. So, moving from that, that's kind of like the typical, you know, you're white, even though you're black, or you're not black enough, or mm -hmm. I'm blacker than you because I like yeah. rap. And it's like, but, dude, I listen to rap too, but whatever. Well, what about some of the seemingly innocuous questions, just like, can I touch your hair, of like, Ryan, yeah. do you get sunburned? Yeah, and so, this, this is so interesting too, because you're constantly trying, as a black kid growing up in a white space, and as a black kid in white church, this would happen all the time, either at summer camp or at youth group or just at school, <laughs> especially the, summer camp. The white camp, pasty dog. boys all got kids, sunscreen oh, all. Brian, do you get sunburnt? And I'm like, not really, man. I mean, maybe once. But just the fact that you have to sit down and like answer the question is so weird because, one, you're like, why am I answering how weird of a question this is? And, two, it's really most of the time entertainment for the white kids. They're just getting entertained by asking because they know the truth is, oh, you probably don't. But if they want to claim ignorance on that, then you're just like, this is such a weird question. Mm -hmm. And so that makes you feel alienated because no one else is answering the question except you. 
And so you're like, cool, I'm the only black kid. So now what do I do? I'm faced with this choice. Do I back down and say, stop it and then make them mad at me for the rest of the camp? Or do I just kind of go with it and say, haha, yeah, not really. I appeal sometimes though. What do you think I did? I'm a people pleaser. I did the <laughs> second one. And, and so then that puts you in this weird position of like, dude, fundamentally different DNA and not having equal representation in a space makes things harder to answer. And, and that just creates these little pi- paper cuts in your psyche. It, it's yeah. not the hugest deal to say, yeah, I don't get sunburned, but it is going, again, I've been put into the other space. Yeah. And, and now we're going to go the rest of the day of like, man, if I do need some <laughs> sunscreen on my ears, I don't want to admit that. And then, cool, I'd rather have my ears be burned and be flaky than just say like, yeah, dude, sometimes I do need sunscreen. It's such a weird place to be to just fundamentally have your body be part of the otherness yeah. um, all the time, even in a small thing like do you get sunburned? Well, it's like everything. There's there's so many stops in interactions that there's a chance for white people to make black people feel other. Um, like play out. Let's play out the church camp thing. Let's church say you're on church camp, you're Here going go. in the bus up to church camp. We're going to Pine Lakes uh, yeah, Valley, Pine Lakes Valley, whatever it is, church camp extraordinary, a, a Christian crusade camp. Uh, center conference and on the place. way up since you've you know gotten into punk rock you're listening to hawk nelson it's the early you know it's 2000s you listen to hawk nelson yeah, or reliant k and you're just jamming out but the white kid next to you he's listening to ti or jay-z or kanye T. I, bro <laughs> actually ti was lit back in the day I you could have whatever you like so okay, okay. Uh, oh okay nice plug <laughs> yeah i got it <laughs> uh so let's say he's sitting next to you and he's like what are you listening to and you're like oh i'm listening to like reliant k i love reliant k and he's like oh. and and i'm going this is all the white Christian kids. Listen yeah, to, this, right? you're like, trying I'm, to assimilate. Like, I, I, this is cool. And he's right? like, oh, wow, I'm blacker than you. I'm listening to T.I. right now. You can have whatever you like. And so that's the start one. You're like, oh, all right, okay, I guess I'm a little different here. Then you get off the, the bus, and you're about to go to the pool. You know, you go to the pool the first start of the day, get some mm-hmm. swimming in, and they ask you the sunscreen question. Yeah. You move from that, and you have dinner the first night, and guess what they're serving? Fried, Fried chicken, chicken, cornbread, and watermelon, and guess what all the kids are doing now to like, you? Like, oh, Ryan, you like this, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh-huh. Black people love watermelon. I watched Dave Chappelle with my parents once. Yeah, it's not like when they're serving pizza, yeah. everyone's looking at me and saying, bippity-boppity-boo, the pepperoni pizza's here. <laughs> like, they don't, I don't get alienated. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, I'm eating pizza here. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> it's like now I'm Col- from Philly. For, for you guys uh, uh, that aren't in the room with us, Colton's hands look like... <laughs> The, the two-finger claw thing where your hands are just kind of moving back and forth like pepper shakers. Yeah. So just... Uh, Pazzano. Hey, there it is. Anyway, right, at, so at every stop of the way, you're getting other one, signals. We're not even 24 hours in. And, and you're I'm in seventh already grade. working through... The kids don't know things. in seventh grade that right. they're doing this to you. And you don't know in seventh grade how to process this mm-hmm. other than that I am different. distinctively different. And it's something to do with my body, culture, and heritage. Yeah. Because um, my body is too black, so it doesn't get sunburned. It's my heritage. I'm not acting the right way. And then it's my culture that all of a sudden I'm assumed to just love fried chicken, Kool-Aid, watermelon, and cornbread. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's one of those things, if you, if you are a black and white church or Latinx and white church or whatever, I'm sure you've had to experience these things. And white people need to understand, like, you can't – what do you do that with to other white people? We don't – when someone's putting on sunscreen, you don't say, like, oh, look at that. <laughs> like, ah, you need sunscreen. Ah, uh, white. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, you white. Yeah. Well, oh, you love mayonnaise. You're not acting like a white person right now. Why are you putting seasoning on your chicken? <laughs> you're not acting white right now. <laughs> Where are your potatoes? Oh, man. Yeah. So you got to understand that, guys. Like, okay, so for you guys, 
you really need to stop and think uh, when you run into something other. And you can approach this with grace. And you can even say, like, if you're genuinely curious, that's okay. You got to warn a brother, though. You have to actually step into that space and go, like, hey, I was just wondering, we've got sunscreen. Uh, uh, do, you, do you need some of this? Do you want me to bring some for you? Um, not, hey, do you sunburn? You know, and and it's one of those places where you have to act with a little bit of compassion and step outside of your white normativity in order to address uh, how you're going to add to some mental paper cuts. I really like that phrasing here uh, to somebody that might be just uh, different than you. Uh, you got to acknowledge difference. You cannot just sweep it under the rug, which is yeah. kind of the meta um, conversation that runs through this whole podcast. Uh, and, and again, those were exhausting times, literally getting off the bus, going to the pool, going to sleep at night, uh, people talking about my hair, people talking about my skin, people, uh, it just, it does a lot to your psyche. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot to work through that can feel unfair. And, and Colton's point of like, when would you ever do this to another white person? You really got to ask yourself that, uh, because it does expose your assumptions and it does expose what you think is reality. We do we do some like small things with white people. Like if they're wearing glasses, you call them four eyes, but that oh. destroys kids yeah. in middle school. So that's like, obviously if Ryan, someone came up to him and said, Ryan, you don't really act like a black guy. It might trigger him now, but he'll be able to handle it. But imagine again, when you're in seventh grade, eighth yeah. grade, ninth grade, you're building identity and all you're hearing from these people who are Christians who love God and are speaking for God. And they're making these comments that making you feel like other, you don't belong, you don't fit in. Imagine what that does to your psyche. Um, so again, we're not being snowflakes here, getting all amped up about microaggressions, but we understand how hurtful words can be, especially in developmental years. And then they trigger us <laughs> once we're older, where we can still have bodily reactions. Hundred um, percent. So I guess the last question: what, We're going to talk more in a different episode about the physicality um, of of black people, especially in and how we view them in sports or how we view them even sexually and different things like that. Me and Ryan have actually yeah. talked on a podcast about this before. We have. But maybe the last question you might get asked is, Ryan, would you date a black girl? This is one of the most fascinating conundrums I think I've ever run into as a black man in an all-white space. One of the things that happens, uh, I think, culturally, uh, to step back for a second, is that you see athletes, especially uh, rappers and especially uh, high-profile celebrities that are black, uh, oftentimes dating white women or dating lighter women or, or more light-skinned black women. Um, Jay-Z will say it. All, all the wavy white-skinned girls are loving me now in uh, 2004 uh, off the black album. I forget exactly what while song it was. While you're on the bus up to summer camp. Yeah, yeah, while you're on the bus up to summer camp. <laughs> and so uh, you see that it's like, oh, in order to be successful, I have to change my uh, relational or uh, um, romantic preference. And in school, the other black kids in my class or, or that were a year younger or older than me or that were also athletes will get this a- question asked all the time. And there was kind of this consensus, except for me, of like, oh, of course not. I'd never date a black girl. Like, we, we don't want to love our own women, but we want to be accepted and valued so much that we've literally assimilated our preferences and growing up around mainly only white women to prefer dating white women. And so I was asked that question uh, a lot growing up in high school. A lot of people will still ask me this now. And uh, this is so weird to have to answer, but I would say, yes, I would date a black girl. Uh, Absolutely. My first crush in junior high was a Filipino girl. Um, And obviously I've uh, had crushes on all types of races, mainly white women, because that's just what I've grown up in. And again, being in white church. That's all that's here. Yeah. And so that's what happens. But that that is a fundamentally 
brutal question to uh, to ask a black man and for black men to just say no I wouldn't because it really does expose this devaluing of of uh, a black female and and again like Colton said the the gauntlet there uh, that black women have to go through uh, is even as like look in order for me to want to pursue my own uh, notoriety and assimilation success as a black man I would have to completely disregard females of my race or of my color that is another psychological uh, I wouldn't even say paper cut. I would say that's a stab in the wound of the of the black female psyche. Uh, mm-hmm. Because then when you ask a white kid, turn that question around, every mm-hmm. single time I would ask a white kid that question back, they'd be like, oh, no, man, I couldn't. It, it's just preference. Yeah. I'm not racist. It's just preference. Yeah. It's just preference. And I don't know go, a single friend who has ever answered that saying yes. Never. I, even myself until the, probably the last five, ten years. Right. right. Like it, it would not even been – it's just like, oh, I'm just into white girls. It's just – it's not, it's not a racist thing. I just – and maybe yep. it's not a racist thing sure. consciously, you know, that you right. thought of that I don't want to date a black woman because she's black. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason you that you're not attracted me. to a yeah. single black woman other than maybe Beyonce. Right. Like that's it. That's it. Um, Ooh, maybe now she, and Zendaya. she even gets attacked for yep. looking too light or having too many highlights or whatever that is. And so again, it's a it's another othering, um, and and that's especially humiliating because you can't choose the body you're born with. Um, and so for white kids to ask me that is a very is a very hard thing for me to even like think through as I think about my mom, as I think about who is light skinned, as I think about uh, just uh, different friends that I've had over the years that are black women. Um, it, it honestly, like my response to that is like I just kind of want to cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll leave this on a cliffhanger here because we want to talk more explicitly about, again, the physicality, the sexuality of especially black men but black women and just black culture in general and we're going to do that in a different episode because we think it needs a whole own slot allotted to it um because that's there's so many layers to it um but since this is just about microaggressions we kind of covered it go ask your black friends what other things have you said to them or others said to them that has been like oh that's othering that makes me not feel welcomed or included or a part of the group um and then just listen and don't be like oh i didn't mean it that way uh can you just take it if you never said something wrong. Um, so, yeah. Regardless, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Episode two. Episode two. It's coming to an end. Uh-huh. We'll see you on the next one. Sounds good. Sounds good.